This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to this very special Veterans Day edition of the Kennedy Saves the World Happy Hour. And I'm very happy to be uh, joined in the podcast studio by none other than Pete Hegseth. He is the co-host of Fox & Friends Weekend. Uh, He is an Army combat veteran, a good friend of mine, and a person to whom I'm dedicating this Veterans Day beverage. Thank you very much. Of course this is a mocktail. Awesome to be here with you. Of course. Let me tell you what would go into the Army-Navy. Yeah, so I know typically (laughs) Army wants to beat Navy. Normally mix well. They make fun of Navy, but this is a drink that brings us together to celebrate uh, the veterans we have who have served, who go, some would say, very underserved by the federal government. Mm -hmm, No doubt. And I know you fight the good fight on behalf of them every day. So bringing two of the branches together with this cocktail, which would be, if it were, in fact, alcohol, it would be, theoretically, per drink, two ounces of dry gin, um, an ounce of lemon juice, and just shy of an ounce of orgeat syrup, which is like almondy syrup. It's also one of the main ingredients in a Mai Tai. Okay. And uh, we have... We would have, if this were a real cocktail, a dash of bitters, a dash of orange bitters, and then, of course, a tangerine peel. So this is just lemonade Mm -hmm. and orgeat syrup. Yeah, just for the the ambiance. Yeah, exactly. So we give it a shaky-shaky. Like we wave the flag, we we shake. Is the this canister. a Kennedy original recipe? No, no, no. The Army Navy is a is a tried and true recipe. Really? Yes. But this, you know, I wanted to find something for you that I thought the would really Navy. encapsulate I togetherness. Will... And of course, the glasses, the coupes are Army green. Oh, they are. Yeah, these are Army. I I have them in various colors, but transparent Army green. That's right. I'm impressed. So what I didn't know, what I learned recently about uh, the Army is, oh, by the way, cheers to you, and thank you for your service. Cheers. Thank you for Mm -hmm. being an amazing patriot every single day. Thank you, sir. Mm, Yeah. Can you taste the freedom? That's a great mocktail right there. I can taste it. Yeah. Let's make this an hour-long episode. (laughs) (laughs) If this had gin in it and bitters. If it did, It would put hair on your chest. Absolutely right, it would. So, and I'm a classy lady, so <laughs> I can't have that. So I learned that how the Army and the Navy are different from each other, and I love learning fun facts. Um, Army officers eat after the rest of the enlisted men and women. Absolutely tried and true. If you're caught as a, especially, well, I guess it pertains to every rank, but when you're a platoon leader in charge of 40 guys, if you're caught eating before any of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's just bad juju. Like, the, the NCOs will pull you aside and be like, sir, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you eat last. I don't care if there's anything left. Yeah, you got to you you feed the... It's in the blood. You're taught that from minute one. Now, I don't know. Is the Navy different? The Navy has a mess hall for officers. Mm, of course they do. And one for the normies. It's always been a little bit more of an elitist yes. branch. You know, you saw that in... It, I've always men. related more to... Uh, yeah, a few good men mm-hmm. to Colonel Jessup than mm-hmm. I did to uh, whatever. Fancy his name pants, is. Tom Cruise. Fancy pants. Yeah. yeah, like there. That's a thing in the Navy, 
But I think it's, it's, and this is not to diss the Navy, but when you've got guys in ground combat like we had, they have to be ready to die for each other and mm-hmm. take your orders at a moment notice running toward the guns. Yes. And so they better have complete faith in you that you, you would do what they're willing to do in mm-hmm. that moment, right? There's no differentiation. So we, and I just think that it's different. It's more a little bit more of a disconnect. And I'm going to talk about the Navy SEALs. I mean, those guys are. But they're, that's that's it's different. A different deal. You're not going to see Navy SEALs in but like on those a Navy little ship. Cracker Jack uniforms you've at got the airport. The guys in the engine, like working sure. the stuff, and then you've got the officers up in the top deck, you know, surveying everything. Yeah, so and and it. there's there's a difference. There's a, a disconnect, and I understand that as we celebrate Veterans Day, all the branches have their strengths and their challenges. What I didn't know, and this is another fun fact I learned recently. Uh, the Navy has more planes than the Air Force, and the Army has more boats than the Navy. You're teaching me something. Isn't that, isn't that wild? I knew the Navy com- was able to compete with the Air Force mm-hmm. on aircraft. Yes. I knew that. Uh, you're saying the Army has more boats, though. Yeah. But boats is a pretty ambiguous term. So you're talking about... A floating vessel. Floating vessels. Mm-hmm. I could see that small... Yeah sea-bearing craft. Sure. I don't even know the right terms uh-huh. uh, as a land creature of what... <laughs> I get corrected on it all the time on the air. Like, yeah. hey, you're a Vets guy. Like, I don't know all the Navy ranks and Air Force ranks and every type of ship and boat. Do you call it a ship? Do you call it a boat? But that doesn't surprise me. There is... You would know this in understanding government. There's mission creep. Yeah. So every army wants a Navy, mm-hmm. even though there is a Navy. And every Navy wants an Air Force, even though there is an Air Force. Do you that's, know what I mean? That, yeah, that's it. but that, that makes perfect sense. Makes like perfect You want to be the best one. You want to be the most vertically integrated, the most ready. You don't want to be relying on another service in sure. order to deploy your people. But it does create, you might say, as government does, redundancies mm-hmm. throughout the military-industrial complex where it's like, our service needs this, but if we actually work together, it might be more efficient. Okay, so let me ask you this, because I know that um, you are a proud veteran, an incredible patriot, but also a pragmatic person. So you know that the government is too big. So how do you how do you sort of streamline some of those redundancies without being called anti-military? I think you, ha- you have to be willing and able. I always have... It's not just like ambiguous terms like waste, fraud, and abuse and all that. Like, First of all, our procurement system, the way we develop weapons mm-hmm. is so bureaucratic and so weighted toward a small set of military contractors that it, you're not even getting the weapons you need today until 10 or 15 years later. Wow. So there's a lot of ways. So we're always fighting the last war, and then we've got equipment that is – not outdated the day we get it, but is not being delivered as quickly as it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also you've got our generals. You know, Part of the reason our generals never speak up at the top levels is because 80% of our generals go from taking off the uniform to a high-level job inside a defense industry. Absolutely. And so that feedback loop never starts, whether never stops, whether programs are needed or not, whether weapon systems are needed or not. And it doesn't give an incentive for generals to speak up. Yeah. Because if you speak up, if you're the squeaky wheel, or you're like, I'm not doing this politically correct garbage, well, then you're out of the club. Yeah. And then if you're out of the club, you're out of the payout uh, at the back end. So there, there are a, a lot of sort of obvious ways to the lay people of how you could – that are a foreign language inside Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. Absolutely. And one of the other big challenges you have, not only – you know, there, there are areas where the military could be more efficient, but recruiting. Mm. I mean, if, if – the army were in the state it's in now, and I'm talking about recruiting. I'm, I'm talking about the idea of these politically correct edicts, and you know, sort of bowing to 
certain groups in the name of equity as opposed to something that might be a little bit more important, like readiness. Yeah. Um, would you enlist today if if it were this army versus the one that you signed up for? It's really interesting you ask that question. I'm writing a book right now um, that's coming out next year called – the working title is Battle for the American Military, like the education book I wrote. And it's about not how the military went woke, but how the military allowed itself to go woke. Yes. And I'm I'm grappling actually just – I'm writing the last chapter, which is a letter to my boys. Mm. After, after the 20 years of my service, what do I do in recommending whether they do it or not? I, and, and I think our, because the Pentagon is different than our education system in that new leadership can really change it and turn it more quickly than you can a nationwide group you know, network of – I mean it's a top-down driven organization. They've been ramming crap down the throats of our commanders since Obama and into Biden, mm-hmm. gender stuff, transgender stuff women in combat stuff, all the environmental green stuff, like all mm. this stuff that doesn't have anything to do with readiness. Uh, and I don't know the answer to that question right now. I want it to be yes, but I don't want, you have to be willing to say, do I want my kids dying for, you know, willing to die yes. based on the political decisions our political class is making? And that's an open question right now. So I haven't finished it all yet. And the fact that I can't just go out and write it mm-hmm. tells you a lot about, how you really feel because my reflex would be boys yes go do it yes you know you want to serve serve your country there's nothing more honorably you you can do um but there's a reason recruitment's down now the military will tell you well it's because 75 of american kids are too fat or not smart enough or medically disqualified to join they would be great drone operators a a lot of that i mean jimmy phelan made this point the other night on stage the fat gamers are going to be phenomenal a lot of that is true but you're exactly right. I, there should be different standards for you want to be an army infantryman or you want to be a drone operator. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. But that's not the real problem. That's the military excuse. I would way. be like an army pastry chef. I think that would be so much fun. Do they well, have you, those? You know what? They might have those inside Air Force chow halls. <laughs> so <laughs> there's also a hierarchy of chow halls. You talk about eating. Yeah. It's armies down here. Uh-huh. Navy's here and Air Force is way up here. Really? So I feel like if you were an Air Force patri- pastry chef, <laughs> that used to be our treat on deployment. It's like find our way to an Air Force chow hall, yep. like on another base, and you're eating like a king. <sighs> it's unbelievable. So your, your dream is not dead. It's like one of those airport lounges versus McDonald's. McDonald's? Yeah. I mean, pretty much. It's yeah. food out of a bag or, or if you go to the French chow halls, which mm-hmm. we did in Afghanistan, they serve table wine. Of course they do. Of course they do. But I mean, we can't have general order number one for us is you can't. Were touch they good any soldiers? Alcohol. I'm sure they were good soldiers. <laughs> their country. Here's the problem. Their country didn't really let them leave the wire. Yeah. So that's one of the things about Afghanistan and NATO and this big alliance. We we were a, a patch on our shoulders. Uh, we were called ISAF, the International Stability Assistance Force. Mm-hmm. We joked that it was really I saw Americans fighting. Because every other country wore them, yeah. but it wasn't because their troops weren't courageous. Yeah. It's because their political caveats back home wouldn't allow them to engage in combat. Interesting. They could train people, but they couldn't do combat. It was just the just just boys from Alabama that were able to do combat. Yeah, but it, that that also it, it just it gives the illusion that we've got this big coalition. One hundred percent. The whole thing was an illusion. You go to the headquarters. There's fifty flags. They'll talk about the fifty country NATO alliance yes. in Afghanistan. Yeah. Except only the Marine Corps is fighting. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's just, and that's why, not to get into the political aspect of it, but when Trump or others say, like, NATO should pay their fish, of course, they're, they're with us in an alliance, but they're not doing the fighting. 
one, because they're not capable in many cases. Mm-hmm. And, and two, because they haven't funded their military sufficiently at all. Yeah, and because so they just there, assume that the United on us States is going to. No doubt. But the readiness thing is a real problem. And it comes back to if I wanted, if I wanted to go to college and learn to be woke, I would just pay to go to college and learn to be woke. Yes. If, I, but now with the GI Bill, you can do both. Well, you could do both. Yeah, you're already on your way after, <laughs> after joining the military. So it's, we have a joke amongst some of my military buddies. When you, the Army's starting to put out ads that show like southern boys jumping out of airplanes. Yes. And they're like, uh-oh, we m- must be time to go to war. We must be actually going to war because now we're recruiting the guys that actually join. Yes. As opposed to, you know, trans videos about my pronouns. It's like that's convenient when you don't really care. Yeah. But when it matters, you need the bedrock patriots of your country, regardless of background and race and all that, to be proud to want to serve. Because yes. ultimately, you're doing it knowing you could die for the cause. I mean, but that's what that's what makes people who are enlisting today that much more brave because they know they're up against a machine that uh, sees them as an oppressor. And they're still fighting the good fight. And that's why I think when I, when I look at that letter to my sons and others, I say, well, I, that this question echoes in the back of my mind. If not them, then who? Yes. That, okay, if you just abdicate the ranks to a bunch of wokesters or, or lowering the standards, we only have one military. It's not like if you don't like New York, you can move to Tennessee. Or if you don't like your school, you can move to a different school district. Mm-hmm. Or homeschool. If you don't like the mil- or homeschool. If you don't like the military, where are you going? You're going to start your own military? Belize. You're going to go to Belize? Belize have a military? <laughs> like, there's one Pentagon, there's one Army, there's one Marine Corps. Yeah. And either it remains a meritocracy mm-hmm. with, a, with a pointy end of the spear or not. And so I think ultimately mine would be an encouragement, but I, it would be to, to join the most, most elite forces you're willing and able to join. Like because what? Because I think, well, like your Army Rangers or your Green Berets or yeah. your Navy SEALs or your Marine Raiders, because a lot of the... Social tinkering, social justice, nonsense, gender doesn't make its way into those ranks where it really is about performance. Yeah, you can't screw around. You can't screw around when when the mission is that sensitive and important. Don't go anywhere. More Kennedy saves the world right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. What do you do to celebrate Veterans Day? What do I, I mean, do to other celebrate than Veterans I, Day? I like to think that, that you and the and well, I take your, a third sip of your mocktail. Right. That's for sure. Here we are to freedom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know... It's good when it flips. It's so good. I I get my free meal at Applebee's. Nice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's again. I go back to the jokes that we make. It, I would say that part of it is that I'm I've been so invested and involved in the cause of vets for so long that mm-hmm. I feel like I try to dedicate a part of every day to serving these guys. It's not just a one day exercise, and that's why I love working here with yes. patriots and people who. It's not like, oh, hey, Vets Day, okay, one, one segment, we move on. It's, it's an ethos of an understanding of appreciation. Um, I try to make sure I'm on the air talking about it, mm-hmm. reminding people about it. I reach out to all the guys uh, I know, and inevitably it turns into, even though it's not Memorial Day, you end up thinking about guys that aren't there for the veterans. Yeah, and, and those, those guys, by and large, who 
did get to celebrate Veterans Day for a while, and and they're not here anymore. And that's, and, and that that aspect of yeah. the people, and it ends up being as many guys. You end up knowing as many guys in your unit who did enjoy some Veterans Days, mm-hmm. and then ultimately um, succumb to demons. Mm-hmm. And and you know that it's a reminder to say, hey, the fight's not over for those guys too. Again, this place does as well and better than than any other certainly media organization out there in remembering that. Yeah, and certainly any media organization of this size. And I think Correct. I think it's it's critically important because you know, we don't talk enough about what the withdrawal of Afghanistan did to people who served there. And you know, there's something about that that is so demoralizing and and that, you know, if I had boys, that would be my trepidation is entrusting their lives with incompetent people who are exactly running right. things right now and that's that's what scares me i don't i don't know that they are good with strategy i don't know that they value life in the same way and and that's the thing that scares me for people who are making that choice and grappling with it right now totally right and then you look at um what was handled in the aftermath yes you know a, a retaliatory strike where we got the bomb maker oh wait no 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 it was a family and an <sighs> aid worker and you knew that for four or five days, and you did. It was you not lied a righteous strike. It. it was not a righteous strike. You know, the families of those thirteen killed mm-hmm. at Abbey Gate still can't get answers. Still can't get. And and I, it doesn't surprise me because I've worked with so many, have friends with so many Gold Star parents, Gold Star mm-hmm. wives, other vets who are saying, "I just, I just want an answer. I just want accountability. I just want an understand." They served proudly. They died for their country, and now I get this. I get no answers. I get a cold shoulder. I, I get, get a, a president folded. looking at his watch. I get a president looking at his watch at Dover Air Force Base. Mm. That Those are all the things that add up. And I guess a lot of my hope is in whoever the next commander in chief is, is willing to to say this nonsense stops. You know, this is this is an area an executive can execute. And this DEI stuff, this critical race theory stuff, this white rage stuff, this ignoring studies about the differences between men and women in combat stuff, like that's done. We're, we're going we're gonna to put together a fighting force uh, that is the best the world has ever seen and encourage our men and women of all backgrounds mm-hmm. to meet the standard and come in and join that force. It's so not hard. If, if another president were elected who was more amenable to your political leaning, mm-hmm. would you serve in some capacity? And how would you make the VA better? Because that, oh. that is one thing that I hear is there are a lot of very frustrated veterans who are trying to get care, who are for whatever reason denied care, and they end up banging their head against the wall. Because, you know, say you go and, and you get treatment from someone, there's no incentive for doctors to stay. So they leave. So, you know, the care is hard to access and very inconsistent. Amen. It's a soulless bureaucracy where guys who gave everything are a number and are treated like that. I mean, that's when I was running vets organizations, we focused, I mean, the VA was what we focused in on. And I, I would, I interviewed twice to potentially even be the VA secretary under mm-hmm. Trump. Uh, and we championed two things as sort of core ingredients. One, accountability, the ability to actually fire people, mm-hmm. which did become law but was barely used inside the VA because the bureaucracy fights back on it, obviously. Yeah. And then two is veterans choice. The idea that you could go out into the community and get care at a timely basis, uh, because why are you driving three hours to a VA facility when mm-hmm. there's four better clinics along the way where you could be seen and the dollars could follow you that passed. And 
showed some promise until two things, COVID and Biden. Um, COVID, they, they locked down hospitals and denied community care. And then Biden, they've just rolled everything back, everything back. And so I, it's not about the VA. It's about veterans. Mm. So if, if you can, it's much like school. Like if, you, if the dollars can follow the vet to community care and they can get better care and it's not inside the four walls of the VA hospital. And a lot of it's a psychological shift from a Vietnam War generation mm-hmm. where the VA was almost a safe space for them mm-hmm. in a certain way. It was their place in a, in a society that had rejected them. And so they've, they've sort of fought for it as an institution as opposed to guys of my generation that are saying, it's not really my affinity. Mm-hmm. Like, thank goodness we learned those lessons from Vietnam. I just want the best care. And like, I can order a lamp on Amazon and it's here tomorrow, but I can't get a, a, an appointment for three weeks. That might've been okay for you, but that's not gonna work for me. No. And so it, it's a total overhaul of the VA, of a reversing and upending of the incentive structure is what has to happen. Uh, and it's certainly, I mean, under this administration, all they do is invest in bureaucracy and, and, and more money. That's, yes. that's it, which do, has never delivered at the VA. No, and, and it's not a solution. And so I, I want you to stay at Vox, obviously. I want you broadcasting. I want to see you in these halls. But something needs to change. Something has to. Yes. Something has to. And, you know, I, it hasn't been much of a topic at all. I mean, it hasn't been brought up. Um, you'll hear, you know. Nikki Haley's got a husband serving. Ron DeSantis is a veteran. Donald Trump talks about it because of the stuff that he's done. But it always seems to fall back to a very, you know, to a second tier issue. Mm-hmm. Um, let's hope we can agitate. But it's one of those things where if you got the right political incentives, it's hard to vote against something that overturns a failing system. It's just what you find is it's, it's a funny story. Uh, Trump called me after well, when I was interviewing or being interviewed for the VA secretary job. And he called me one time and he goes, why is it that every veterans organization <laughs> hates you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first of all, that's a great Trump impression. But second of all, that's totally something you would say. <laughs> and it's like, how do you answer something? I like love that? you, but they all don't like you. And it, it, it's because the more you understand Washington, mm-hmm. of course, the VFW, the Legion, AMVETS, mm-hmm. all the groups that have been in D.C. for decades are wedded to the VA bureaucracy. Yes. And so they have good intentions at this level, but they're too embedded with the existing system to ever to be really for reform. Yeah. And, so, and that's what I try to explain. It's like, well, they just want it to continue the way it is, mm-hmm. Mr. President-elect or Mr. President. Um, that's why. And, and it, but when you show up in Washington, all the guys in the funny hats show up and they tell you, we need more money for this and more money for this and a new group here, a new group there. And you go, okay, great. I'll do whatever I can for the vets. Yeah. It takes another two, three layers to say, now that whole system is built to defend the system. Uh, and we didn't quite get there on that round, but we'll see. Well, I, I hope you're there. At least your voice and your influence are there for the next round of people who are rational. We'll because if, if there's one thing this country should be doing, it's taking well, care of vets. And we're it's- letting millions of people into our country and providing a right to housing here in New York. And you've got 30,000 yeah, vets like going Free homeless, housing, free like- health care, free school. It, but yes, that you have homeless vets whose mental illness is not being properly Correct. addressed. Correct. We're doing it wrong. It's a reflection of priorities. Which is why you have to make the right mocktail, talk about the important <laughs> issues, and always toast to freedom. Well, I will tell you this. It, 
You are, and your viewers should know, I mean, Kennedy is one of the most sincerely invested patriots I've ever met. Oh. Like you are to your soul, to your core. Like we've, we've had plenty of political on the margins differences on different things related to war and peace. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. But what I love in those small spats or disagreements or agreements is like, we agree. Yeah. on what's good and right and true and who the good guys are. And it's pretty cool to work in a place where you walk in the halls next to those people and you say, I know where their true north is. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and you can have disagreements <sighs> and be confident in that and still have... That's what I love about Fox. And a lot of people, they think that Fox just tells us what to say and that is not the truth at all. And you can have these differences and, and hash them out. And you're absolutely right. And still emerge with the same deep respect for other people because... You know, we all got here from different paths, but we're going to the same place. And, absolutely. And you've gotten me over the years closer and closer to your place than where I was when we first met. I'll just say that. It's That's fantastic. I'm a, I'm a recovering, recovering neoconservative uh, moving in, into Kennedy's camp o- over time. Well, you get mugged by reality. Yes. You see, you get so invested in what you're fighting for, and rightfully so and understandably so. But you... It, we're not living if we're not learning and stepping back from that and say, okay, what, but what really happened? Like what impact really came from that? Yes. And really behind it. And, and I, to learn from people like you and others here is a blessing. You're the best. Pete Hagseth. Happy Veterans Happy Day. Happy Veterans Day. If only Fox would let us have an adult beverage. But a real adult beverage. We'll, we'll just have we'll to mock sip this mocktail for now. For now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. This has been Happy Hour on Kennedy Saves the World. Along with Pete Hagseth, I'm Kennedy. You're the best. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.